Extra, extra, you can read all about it. But let my boy PL tell you about it. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point. Extra point, yeah, yeah. Extra point. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to a brand new Friday episode of the Extra Point Show. Your host, Mr. P.L. Coulter, coming to you as I do each and every Friday from 10 to noon. That's 8 a.m. to p.m. Getting you to your lunch break on a beautiful Friday morning, early afternoon here at Arlington, Texas. Fishbowl Radio Network is where it goes down. I'm chilling in Studio A. Batting lead off today. Got a bunch of great programming on Slate for you all today. Um, I just wanted to start off today's show by um, thanking the um, the slew of guests that came through and, and uh, blessed the show uh, the last few weeks. Shouts out to Michigan Mike who came through a few weeks ago. Shouts out to my to my homie, my bad boy for life, Mister. Andrew Thomas Merriman, Mr. Thayson Beach that came through a couple of weeks ago to bless the show. I want to send a special shout out to Mr. Michael Kolb who came through and blessed the show last week. Um, a huge thank you to all of those uh, guys for coming through and uh, putting together some memorable content with your boy. Uh, it was great to have them on board today, but I just wanted to, to let you know that I missed the intimate one-on-one time I have with you for a couple of hours every week where I can just get in your ear and we can talk some sports and, and get your personal feedback. I missed you. It's going to be a more intimate setting today. Um, and that's a good thing. I love my, I love my guest, but, um, you know, you, you're the one that makes this show tick and, uh, I miss talking to you, getting in your ear. So we're going to do that exclusively today. It's just going to be me and you. Ooh, baby. Remember that song? <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to Raphael Sadiq. Um, got a lot going on today. Got a jam-packed show today. Um, the NFL is back, first of all. First and foremost, the NFL is back, and your boy is loving that. Um, but... Can 2020 sit down somewhere? <laughs> Can I get an SYAD to 2020 real quick? <laughs> because I'll be damned. We're one week into the new season, and uh, 2020 seems like it has this Paul Prince written all over it. Um, case in point, San Francisco, the 49ers, last year's NFC champion, that basically had the Super Bowl Lombardi Trophy in their hands until an epic fourth quarter meltdown. They're, they're sitting alone in the cellar of their own division, the NFC West. <laughs> the only team without a win so far. <laughs> the Washington football team, who many, including myself, picked to be one of the worst teams in the entire league. I'll be damned if they're the only team with a win in the NFC East. <laughs> with a real legitimate chance to go 2-0 and for the first time since good Lord knows how long. Um, which is absolutely shocking. Which is absolutely 
2020 <laughs> at its highest, most epic proportions. That's that's so 2020. Let's just keep that real. Um, let's just get, oh, oh and, and let's not forget the Monday night game last week. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, my beloved Tennessee Titans, went on the road in Denver for the first time in 30 years while missing three chip shot field goals and an extra point. Somebody help me with this. <laughs> I know Denver fans were like, well, damn. <laughs> 20, 20, go away. But when you do, make sure you leave us here. We ain't trying to go with you. Can I get an A, man? Hey, man. Um, last Monday night, there were some, some, some interesting things that went down. Most importantly, the Tennessee Titans squeaking out a, a road win. We're going to get uh, into them a lot more in our number two. But in the Monday night opener, we saw the return of Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they went on the road to play the Giants. They looked good. They looked good. I must say, I'm, 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 I was liking what I was seeing from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Poor Saquon Barkley didn't have. <laughs> he had... My boy was getting bottled up in the in the <laughs> in the backfield. I think at at one point in the game, like deep into the game, he had negative yards rushing. I think he finished with like what uh eight yards on fifteen carries. Pittsburgh was all over that ass. Um I mean that defense looked great. Um James Conner injury um that that forced him out of the game, that's nothing new. Benny Snell they're running back out of the University of Kentucky, who put up great numbers in the SEC while he was there. Came in, put up over a buck. Juju Smith-Schuster looks like um, that uh, there was no second-year bust attached to him. It was just the fact that he was missing his franchise, soon-to-be Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. He looked good, had some touchdowns. The, the passing game looked good. They started off a little rocky, but they got there. But the, the thing about um, about that game, that that made me want to lead off the show with it is because the the show and its aftermath um, provokes me to tell someone to sit their ass down and to shut the hell up. That's right. <laughs> we we getting this off to, off the top off the rip now. Um, Tiki Barber, former Giants great. Former running back for the New York Giants, sir. I'm going to need you to S Y A D right over there, right over there in that retirement rocking chair where you should just stay there and 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 shut the hell up. <laughs> you should just stay there. We're sick of hearing from you. You should be over this by now. You should be bigger than this by now, Tiki Barber. But apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. So Tiki Barber goes on his um, Tiki and Friends radio show, and that's not the real name of the show. If you want to Google it, you can. Um, but uh, he has a show on CBS Sports, a radio show. And uh, after that Giants game, uh, he decided to take some shots at uh, the current star running back for the New York Giants, Mr. Uh, Saquon Barkley. And, uh, yes, Saquon had a bad game, even by his own admission. But for Tiki Barber... To go on a national radio and to basically say that um, Saquon is not an every down back and that uh, that he doesn't want to hit anybody 
uh, basically alluding to the fact that that he struggles sometimes in blitz protection pickups and things of the like that that he should come off the field on third downs. Tiki Barber, can, can we just pull your receipts real quick, sir? Can for the people who hadn't followed the Giants over the last decade that closely, can I just tell you why Tiki Barber irks me with that statement? <laughs> Tiki, I got receipts right here, bro. You hear the, you hear this? Those are a whole stack of receipts I got, not just for him, but for the whole show. I'm going off today, by the way. So make sure you <laughs> you get a snack or two and hang with your boy for the next two hours. Tiki Barber, let's let's revisit how you how your career ended in New York. You were a horrible teammate. You were the locker room snitch. You were the 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 source of all types of contention. Uh, between yourself and the coach and your teammates, your quarterback, Eli Manning. You, you were the, one of the few pro bowlers on an otherwise underwhelming, uh, team. And, um, you were constantly the source of contention and messiness within that locker room. Uh, you decided in week two of your final year in the league to announce that this was going to be your retirement swan song, knowing that that in itself would be a distraction. And you did it to be funny, to be slick, as if to say, now, I want y'all to go ahead and appreciate me these this, this these last fifteen games, because after this the Giants are going into the into the tank. He went out with zero class, throwing all kind of teammates under the bus, and after his retirement, the very next year they go out and win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Not one, <laughs> but two Super Bowls with that same core of players you were calling bums while you were there fumbling the ball all the damn time, Tiki Barber. Ever since then, he's been a, a thorn in the side of the New York Giants players, past and current. And right now, we're not trying to hear from you, Tiki. We're, we're not. You were supposed to be the best player on that team, said you. You talked about those teammates like a dog on your way out. You talked about Coach Coughlin like a dog on the way out. You talked about Eli Manning like a dog on the way out. And they all won championships after you left. How many championships do you have, Tiki? Mm, I digress. I digress. Tiki, shut the hell up. Sit on down over in the corner somewhere and just be a quiet hater from here on out. The Giants have moved on and won a couple of Super Bowls. Eli's going in the Hall of Fame, and you are not. Michael Strahan is going to the Hall of Fame. You are not. Tom Coughlin has two rings. You have none. <laughs> Shut the hell up. I think your brother Rondé uh, Barber may make the, the, the Hall of Fame eventually, but you're not. You're not going to sniff the uh, Canton, Ohio. Let me digress. Um, but it was. It was a, an exciting week one, and football was glad to have football back. Most importantly, there was, um, as reported yesterday by Adam Schefter, there were zero positive COVID cases that came out of the, the opening night game between Kansas City and um, Houston a couple of Thursdays ago, a week a week ago from yesterday, actually, which is great news. Um, also, um, it, it felt like this past Sunday felt like the first Sunday in a long time that felt kind of normal. Did, did, was it something, didn't it feel kind of normal to you? <laughs> it felt kind of normal to the kid. I was like, okay, well. Well, cool. 
you know, it wasn't a politically charged day. It wasn't a day count COVID numbers. It wasn't a day where you wondering who got on a mask and who don't in Walmart. It was a regular football slash fantasy football day. And shouts out to all of the fantasy footballers and ballettes out there. Got some tidbits for you later on in hour number one to help you get ready for out, uh, for week number two. Um, and speaking of week number two, Week number two kicked off last night with a Thursday night matchup between Ohio Rivals, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. And um, it was a shootout. Uh, it, it was a good game. Cleveland won 35-30. to 30. Baker Mayfield gets off the schneid. He was um, under a bevy of criticism um, after their week one dismantling at the hands of uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he gets uh, a couple of touchdown passes. Odell Beckham Jr. gets a, a deep touchdown pass. So that should... Um, pacify him for a day he finished with four catches 74 yards and a touchdown uh, but the story of the day for the Browns was their potent rushing attack with uh with the running backs Nick Chubb who had 22 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns and his backup Kareem Hunt who once led the NFL in rushing was a pro bowler himself before getting in trouble in Kansas City uh, he finished with 86 yards and a touchdown and a couple of receptions no two touchdowns actually and a couple of receptions as Oh, uh, well, um, Cleveland, I'm going to ask you a question that I often ask the my, my audience, who I will still contend to this day as the smartest audience in all of sports talk radio. I ask them this question often, and I, I want to ask you this question, Cleveland, because I, I, I'm going somewhere with it. Cleveland, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Now, y'all know my feelings on on being right versus being happy. <laughs> Sometimes being right will tear up everything around you <laughs> for the sake of saving, of winning an argument. You lose the war, lose friends, lose lose potential soulmates, lose jobs, lose opportunities because your ass is dead set on being right. So, with that being the backdrop, Cleveland, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? And here's what I mean by that. Yesterday, I, I, I guess, and, and hopefully Cleveland feels this way as well, but it seems as if the Browns may have stumbled upon um, the formula to be successful in Cleveland um, after a dismal and underwhelming six and ten effort last year with all of the stars and all of the the uh, the people that they acquired at the skill position, um, Baker Mayfield was drafted number one overall, and um, with that comes an expectation that the quarterback needs to be um, a you know a franchise altering face of the franchise like generational talent, once in a lifetime type talent. Um, that type of pedigree at the quarterback position. And, and you expect that if you draft a quarterback number one overall, especially one that's won a Hosman Trophy, uh, in college and has the, the type of, of cachet and bravado, uh, that Baker Mayfield has, has displayed throughout his collegiate and professional career, then you would think that, um, that you would want to duplicate what Lincoln Riley was able to accomplish with him in Oklahoma, which was to, to spread it out, throw it all over the lot. We see Kyler Murray came in as a number one pick last year after winning the Hosman, just like Baker, and, and he's been throwing the ball all over the lot. 
Um, and he did it last year, winning the rookie of the year without DeAndre Hopkins, um, who had 15 receptions for almost 200 yards receiving in his Arizona debut. But um, Baker Mayfield is, is not that. In fact, with all due respect, I'm going to have to call Baker Mayfield the B-word. Baker's the B-word. And I don't like I don't like calling NFL players the B word. But but in, in this case it is absolutely fitting that Baker Mayfield is the B word. And no, not that B. He's a bus driver. He's a bus driver. Baker the bus driver. The Baker Mayfield is not a franchise-altering, put the team on my shoulder pads, put them on my right arm, and I'm going to carry you to victory type of quarterback. They tried that formula last year um, and brought in all these weapons, Jarvis Landry. Uh, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. Of course, they brought in Kareem Hunt. They brought in Austin Hooper, the tight end this offseason. They're trying to show up the line. Um, but the real gem was actually not even Baker Mayfield in that draft, actually. Because I contend that out of the three picks that they took, I believe, in the first round that year, Baker is the third most talented. That's going to be Nick Chubb, and that's going to be the uh, the cornerback out of uh, Ohio State. I can't recall his name right off the top of my head, but I will get it in just a second. He was all over the place last night, um, the, the cornerback that also went in the first round. And bear with me one second while I get his name, I know Nick Torsley famous right now. It's like, Lars, you know this man's name. <laughs> I know he's like you, Lon. Oh, uh, Denzel Ward. My apologies to the Ward family. No, they probably listening too. Um, Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb are the best two uh, grabs out of that draft class for for Cleveland. And they should be the, the, the two catalysts that you build your team around if you're Cleveland. They Cleveland rushed for over 200 yards. Uh, last night, you bring in a former um, All-Pro and right tackle, uh, Jack Conklin, that came over from Tennessee. He was an All-Pro in Tennessee. Great at run blocking, not as good in pass protection. Um, Baker Mayfield, I'm sorry, he's not the prototypical, um, uh, like, scrambling quarterback that you see making waves today. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not uh, Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson. He has some athleticism, but he doesn't have the the type of athleticism that you can build uh, a game plan around. He's not that fast. Defensive linemen are, were running him down last year. He's not that tall. People are batting the ball down at the line of scrimmage. Um, he's not that elusive. He doesn't really trust his eyes. He has happy feet in the pocket. He's abysmal from uh, from uh, the shotgun. And let's just face it, out of all of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now that have attempted at least 1,000 passes, he has the lowest completion percentage of all of them. The lowest. The lowest. But what they, and the thing is, while all of those things are true, that still should not hamper the type of, um, this team in Cleveland from being a playoff contender this year because of the, the ancillary parts that they have need to become more of the focal point and make Baker the bus driver. Hear me out here. Nick Chubb was basically one Derrick Henry, uh, 
200-yard performance in the season finale last year from leading the league in rushing. Kareem Hunt, again, as we said earlier, led the league in rushing in his rookie season, was a pro bowler. Um, you have two versatile backs. You have the best running back tandem in the league. Again, you bring over uh, a right tackle in, in Jack Conklin, who specializes in, in run blocking. Um, that's the type of team that you need to be. You need to build your team more in the mold of the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens. Well, let's not say the Baltimore Ravens because uh, Lamar Jackson does put the team on his shoulders. But he needs to be more of a Ryan Tannehill, more of a Jimmy Garoppolo then he needs to be a Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. Um, hand that ball off to your two stud backs. Keep him in manageable second and third down situations where he can work the play action to where he can dictate coverage to some extent. Now, I know that, uh, I mean, you have Njoku who stays hurt. I get it. But you also have um, Austin Hooper. You have great uh, weapons on that end to to um, get things done in the red zone. You need to, you need to, 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 to rein in Baker Mayfield. Rein him in because he's going to kill you with the turnovers. He had a, a, a turnover in the red zone last night and something, and, and, and had, uh, you know, Cincinnati just not ran out of gas. That could have been catastrophic and led them to an 0 2 start. Baker, again, I believe he's, he's athletic enough to be a bus driver, but he's not athletic enough to be the focal point of your offense. He's no Mahomes. Let's just stop it. And and when I ask, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Okay, maybe you missed on your first-round pick. Maybe, don't try to be right by turning him into the next coming of Warren Moon because that's not his. That's not where his skill set is best, best suited for the professional game. He's a bus driver. Be happy. Like, look, okay, maybe we missed on Baker being a franchise quarterback as far as leading us. But what he can do, he can turn around and, and hand that ball off to the left. He can hand that ball off to the right. We can put him in manageable second and third down situations to where he's not turning the ball over. We do have a defense that has Denzel Ward, as I said, um, that has Miles Garrett, who's a double-digit sack guy every year. You still have you have a decent enough talent on defense to where you can you can parlay that into a, a tough smash mouth type of approach um, and, and get it done. And, and and that style works. San Francisco and Tennessee. Uh, both uh, employed that style last year with, with average quarterbacks. Ta Ryan Tannehill is no world beater. He's average, but he doesn't make mistakes, and he knows how to hand that ball off to Derrick Henry. Um, when he does pass, he's able to dictate coverage, go and play action on first down because you have to respect Derrick Henry's run game. Chubb should demand that same respect. Hunt should demand that same respect. The Tennessee Titans worked a tight end game with uh, with Muhammad, I'm, I'm sorry, with Jonu Smith. And the intermediate passing game with the crossing routes with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, you can do that with the weapons that you have in Cleveland. But the thing about that is, and Tennessee and San Francisco who employed those, those, they were both in the, on, on, playing on Championship Sunday. Let's not forget that. Both of those teams were playing on Championship Sunday, and both of those teams held 10-point leads in the second half over Kansas City. They just didn't happen to have the best player in the world uh, under center for them, so they didn't win the game. But Cleveland, you can be successful with Baker Mayfield if you turn him into the B word. It, no, Michigan Mike says the B word is for booty. <laughs> oh no, he was talking about Tiki. Um, that's hilarious. Shouts out to Michigan Mike. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, Tiki running his mouth about Saquon Barkley. Stop it. Um, but no, but but Cleveland, this is where you're at, and and, and the, the thing that you must do now, even after a win, even after a long touchdown, you got to get rid of oatmeal hair. You got to get rid of old Odell. Because that style of offense that, that, that works best for you to have success doesn't require an Odell Beckham. You don't need an Odell Beckham Jr. to, to run play action passes and to be a 60-40 run team. You don't need him. You don't need the added pressure of him thinking that he can make a play at any time, which he can. But you don't have the quarterback that can get him the ball like that. Week one, they targeted, um, Baker targeted Odell 10 times. Three catches for 22 yards. Now, last night he caught him in man coverage, um, and Odell made a play, and he made a great throw. But that's going to be so few and far between like we saw last year. There will be flashes on Monday night. You know, Odell had a good game against the Jets and all of that. But by and large, uh, 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 an ego and a salary that lofty, you don't need that on your team. You need to go ahead and move off of Odell Beckham Jr., trade him somewhere, and use those picks to show up your defense so that you can be a smash-mouth team, so that you can put Baker in the, in the position where all he needs to do is cut down the turnovers and the sacks. And a lot of times he's getting sacked because y'all got him dropping back there trying to read complex defenses, and that's not his skill set. So, um, yeah, that's – that's <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's, let's not do that. So, yeah, Baker, Baker the bus driver, sign me up for that. Because I think I think that he could do a, a phenomenal job um, as a bus driver. I ain't trying to hear him talking about he's no number one pick no more. I'm not holding him to those lofty expectations anymore. Um, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback, has better upside, has a higher ceiling, although Cincinnati stopped it with the 60 attempts. That man dropped back 61 times last night, has over 100 of passing attempts in his first two starts. Y'all going to kill that boy. Jojo, don't don't let them kill you. <laughs> no credit to the offensive line. They only gave up three sacks with 61 dropbacks, but damn. Cincinnati don't run that, that boy hot like that. Run the ball with Mixon. He's a top 10 running back. He only got 16 carries, 2.9 a carry, but still. Don't do that boy like that. Um. Michigan Mike says, no, nah, you had it right the first time. Mayfield is booty. <laughs> he is, though, Mike. Okay, so we're going to change that. So we're going to say he's BB. He a booty bus driver. He a booty bus driver. And that's okay. Tennessee was winning playoff games with Marcus Mariota. Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl, damn it. He's a bus driver. What's his name? Uh, Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. You think he's giving it back? No, what is bus driving as? That's okay. You can be a bus driver and still get the hardware in the NFL. That's all we're saying. Mike, don't you go nowhere. Because when we come back, <laughs> speaking of do you want to be right or do you want to be happy, let's stay with that theme. Because the Big Ten, they got it right. And it sure did make me happy. But there's somebody out there lurking that claims they happy, but they not. <laughs> I'll tell you who that is after a little throwback, Foxy Brown. Yeah. The extra point. Hey, yeah. Round crime. Let's get it on. MC's 
wanna eat me, but it's Ramadan. Keep us on the arm when it's ice, it's ice. When I'm right, I'm right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm the bomb. Breakfast is platinum, skin is bronze. Flows all night like vintage dawn. Been this night since um, the first Prince Bomb. Before the artist was known as with my grown. Haters said it won't last. Know how many birds I've flown past. Though we are wrong, full belly first class. And I don't play, I watch them pockets. Know y'all niggas go broke after you cop them watch. See you in the club, no bubs, new poplets. Then you wanna go, give it up. But not this. My code is awesome. Flow is the hottest. You ain't got dope, you can't go. You can catch me at the hot spot. Stop fox, stop clocks. At the bar, y'all, all night. I pops, is it all right? Show you right. You can't stop it. This is our world. Me and my girl. Catch me at the hot spot. I fox, stop clocks. At the bar, y'all, all night. I pops, is it all right? Show you right. You can't stop it. This is our world. Me and my girl. Yeah, cash busting out the six. Cash busting out the niggas. Flattening heart and half, hanging between the two. Mm. Scheme on your team, looking over draft pictures. Pick the finest, then I put it on the minus. Love after the club, meet me at the diner. Then you can bring your boys, we got 10 cars behind us. Order a steak or glass, or OJ to break fast. Hop in the car and head straight up eighth ass. The night is young, I'm liking fun. Either he don't have one, or his wife is dumb. His whole hand numb, ice is thumb. Pull up my tight thumb and Tyson, huh? You can handle the road, I'll play with it. Till he curve and swerve. Stay with it. Just in the club, they hated it. Cause I put my mat down and I hated it. Catch me at the hot spot. Stop, fox, stop, fox. At the bar, y'all. All night. I pops. Is it alright? Show you right. Can't stop it. This is our world. Me and my girl. Catch me at the hot spot. I pops. Stop, fox. At the bar, y'all. All night. I pops. Is it alright? Show you right. Can't stop it. This is our world. Me and my girl. Catch me at the expo. Jacob Jab. Knocking Jigger out the navigator. Laying back, I stay in that. Me falling off, imagine that. It's not the case. I'm sitting on top of the world like Randy and Mace. You wanna buy me a drink? Give me a case. Big bowling, shot with all of this. Six A and G with the spoiler kit. Chrome from the back, phones front and back. Cocoa flow, niggas wantin' that. Out they see it gold, bumpin' that. I heard you wanna stop Fox, tell me how so. I got that New York to the dirty South flow. Whole album hot. In the outro. This time around, I'm trying to do about four. This is for my niggas and bitches who count dough. And y'all in the club, I make them bounce. You can catch me at the hot spot. I pops, I fly at the bar, y'all. All night, I pops. Is it all right? Show you right. You can't stop it. This is our world. Me and my girl. You can catch me at the hot spot. I pops, I fly at the bar, y'all. All night, I pops. Is it all right? Show you right. You can't stop it. This is our world. Me and my girl. Extra Point Show. Your host, Mr. P.L. Coach, to get you to your lunch break as I do each and every Friday from 11 to 1. Scratch that. From 10 to 12. That's a.m. 2 p.m. Want to send a shout out to my homegirl, Jamie, on the other side of the window. Getting things done as she always does here at Fishbowl Radio Network. We appreciate her. She's hooking your boy up with some new cover art. Got that coming out soon. Thank you, Jamie, for that. God bless you. 
hugs, and cyber kisses on the other side of the window. Um, so last last Friday, I sat here on this on this very microphone, and I told the Big Ten to shut the hell up until they had a date for a return to college football this year. I was sick of all of the back and forth. I was sick of all of the, the he said, she said. I was sick of all of the, the, the secret meetings and, and, and private ballots. I was sick of it all. I'm sitting at work earlier this week minding my own business, trying to get them bills paid, and I get a text from one Michigan Michael, Michael Hasso, that just had uh that, that just had to uh <laughs> I'm sorry, I just read some from Hustle. Um that they just had October twenty third. And I was like, What's that? He was like, We back. And I was like, Who's we? <laughs> he was like, Where you been, fool? <laughs> the the Big Ten is back. I was like, What? Oh, I had to concentrate to get through that show. <laughs> I had to concentrate to get through that show. That client was like, are you okay? I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am, can I see your phone? I need to get on Tweezy. <laughs> I was firing up. And speaking of Mike, he says B2. That boy B squared. We'll call him B2K. Because he, he, he <laughs> the booty bus driver coach killer, B2K. That's you, Baker, for the rest of the year. You B2K and it's Michigan Mike's fault. My man Hustle says, stop cheating the people. Uh, go ahead and, and start doing a two-hour Facebook Live. You know what? I just might jump on Facebook Live in the next break. Y'all want me to jump on Facebook Live after this next segment? If the people want the song, I'll give them the song. Because we'll, we, we, we locked and loaded and ready to go. So I'm, I might just do that since the people want the song. But the Big Ten is back. And they will kick off its football season the weekend of October 24th after the league's presidents and chancellors unanimously voted to resume competition, citing daily testing capabilities and a stronger confidence in the latest medical information the conference announced Wednesday morning. Now, this is um, according to Adam Rittenberg on ESPN.com. Now, uh, according to the same article, as I read uh, verbatim, each team will attempt to play eight games in eight weeks, leaving no wiggle room during the coronavirus pandemic before the Big Ten championship game on December the 19th. That date will also feature an extra cross-division game for each school with seeded teams in each division squaring off. I like that. So basically they're saying the, the just like in any other year, the, the Big Ten East champion is going to play the Big Ten West champion Presumably in Indianapolis, uh, I, I suppose, since they are an indoor bubble type uh, of, of uh, atmosphere. I, okay, and and then different from years past, the ninth game will consist of the second place against the East versus second place against the West, third East, third West, and on down the tiers of the respective uh, conference divisions. I like that. I like that. Now, um, I had a, a spirited conversation with Michigan Mike about this uh, very subject, and um, we came away uh, agreeing that the Big Ten got it right. They they got it right, not trying to be first, um, not trying to um, to sit on their laurels or be stubborn or mule headed about the decision that they made. Being open and pliable to make uh, new 
new choices when given new information. Um, that's the, the epitome of leadership, if you ask me now. I know the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC fans will want to say, oh, y'all just whiffed. Oh, y'all got a whole bunch of bad publicity. Uh, the, the, the president's son was playing in the SEC, and he didn't want that smoke. Or, or Lord forbid they say that 45 called up and made the Big Ten play so he can win an election. Uh, we've heard it all as Big Ten fans. But the fact of the matter is, I'm going to stand by what I originally said. Thank you, Mike. The Big Ten on August the 11th postponed the start of the season, uh, you know, till the winter to buy time to make sure that they had the proper protocols in place where they won't be like LSU and have a coach say, well, hell, half my whole team done caught Corona. And hopefully that's a good thing because with a 90-day incubation period, the season will be over before they can catch it again. Now, how, now how does that sound? For a, a non-paid employee, <laughs> if you volunteered at a job, do you want your, you want to hear your boss talk that way about you? Hell no. That herd immunity stuff that they doing in the SEC? No. The uh, Ohio State and Michigan are both ran by uh, people in the medical field that deals with stuff like this, like like uh, disease infectious control type type of situations. So they want to be prudent now. Um, originally, I said that, that the Big Ten was buying time because the players had had dropped a bomb and said that they didn't want they they wanted um, to not have to sign liability waivers, and that from a legal standpoint that would pose a problem for the Big Ten, and also being the case that the Big Ten and Michigan in particular is one of the few teams in the country that has the the cachet of a uh, sports wise of a Power Five SEC school but also has the cachet academically of an Ivy League school. And if you think I'm, I'm being um, facetious when I say that, go look up the, 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 the latest list of the top colleges in the world. Michigan is number three again. Y'all going to fool around and make me play hell to the victors up in here. <laughs> Don't get me started. So Michigan is still right there. So not only is Michigan, um, you know, thinking about athletics and their student athletes and, and, and the legality, the, the legality, the legalities, excuse me, that will come along with uh, players testing for uh, positive for COVID and not having um, any protocols in place. The, the students wanted to wanted answers and the big 10 didn't have them. Unlike the ACC, unlike the, the SEC who just put them on out there anyway, although they haven't played yet, uh, but who decided to go for it anyway? The Big Ten wanted to be prudent. They wanted to make sure that they had their ducks in a row. So, if a kid from Minnesota um, or Indiana or God forbid any of the other schools, um, something tragic happens, that they have a testing that's in place that that could that could somewhat help them. Now, I'm sure that it wouldn't stop them from civil legalities if something were to happen. But at least in this in this sense, the the Big Ten has the most comprehensive uh, testing that I've seen. And I'll give you a little a little blip of that. The Big Ten's daily rapid testing program will begin on September 30th on all 14 campuses. Test results must be completed and recorded prior to each practice or game. Student athletes who test positive for the coronavirus through point of contact um, will require um, a PCR test to confirm the results of the original test. Each Big Ten team will designate a chief infection officer to report data about testing to the league 
which will make decisions about practice and competition based on team positivity rate and population pop positivity rate. So basically, if a team's positivity rate exceeds 5% or the population's po positivity rate exceeds 7.5%, the team must pause practice and competition for at least seven days. I'm okay with this. I'm good with this. Now, the the Big Ten parents and and uh, and uh, media and 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 people of that like they they were wanting answers um, from the Big Ten. They were wanting transparency. This is transparency, and I think that this is awesome. This would put my mind at ease because I was originally on the fence on whether or not I would send my child uh, to play football this year. Now, a uh, quote. Um, everyone associated with the Big Ten should be very proud of the groundbreaking steps that are now being taken to better protect the health and safety of all the student athletes and surrounding uh, communities, uh, says Dr. Jim uh, Boschers, the head team physician at Ohio State and co-chair of the Return to Competition Task, uh, the Competition Task Force. I want to applaud the Big Ten for doing it the right way. Like everybody was was getting on was getting on um now, now hustle <laughs> don't make me have you call up here um so I want to applaud the, the the Big Ten for for taking their time I know they took a beating on October the 11th saying well why did they they stop so early my initial hunch was that they were buying time to do something like this was there peer pressure involved when the NFL and other college football teams went off um, seemingly without a hitch. Yes, I'm sure, but I don't think that there would have been enough public pressure to sway them had they not had a comprehensive test um, or something to roll out to protect themselves. Now, uh, my boy Marcus Stone of the Unapologetic Hustle said, no, they didn't want to continue to miss out on the dollar-dollar bill, y'all. That is also equally correct. That is also equally correct because at the end of the day, the Big Ten schools according to the Big Ten uh, Network contracts, will receive $56 million apiece. Just from the television deal, that's not counting anything else that's related to, to merchandising or, or ticket sales or anything of that nature. $56 million apiece. So, yes, money was involved. But but I, I, I say this, though, in that regard. Um, the, that Those funds that are brought in by the football programs at these major universities universities are used to supplement the other sports programs as well like the football team don't get to just keep all that money though that money is dispersed throughout the other athletic departments so we don't have a stanford situation to where they have to cut 11 programs because they ain't have no money and they ain't got no money because they ain't playing football this year in the pac-12 at least not in the fall um so i'm excited about that one thing i am curious about though i'm curious to 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 see which eight games Michigan plays this year? I'm curious to see which eight games Michigan plays this year. If we got to play Ohio State and Michigan State as rivals, y'all better keep Northwestern on, on, the, on the tilt. Y'all better keep Indiana on the tilt for us. Don't, don't, don't be taking off Northwestern and Indiana uh, off, off our plate. Don't be taking Nebraska off our schedule. <laughs> Don't do that. Hook a brother up. Now, as of now, we don't know what the schedule is. I'm sure it'll come out here in the next week or so. By the time I get on the, the radio next week, I'm sure I'll have something to go off about on that as well. Um, yeah. Now, as I said to, at the top of this segment, 
everybody's happy, include me, and I'm so happy, damn it, I'm gonna just do it. <laughs> One time for my people. That's right. And in about 15 minutes, you're gonna see me on Facebook Live, Don in my Michigan gear. <laughs> we back. <laughs> we are back. Uh huh. Didn't that give you goosebumps, Michigan Mike? We are back. <laughs> Your Saturdays will never be the same. We are back. But there was a there was a, a disingenuous person that was out there, and I'm gonna have to call their ass out. I got to, cause today I'm going off a W F. I hadn't had time to just sit here and just just get into your ear. I know I've been I've been having guests in here and having to split my time between you and the guests. Uh uh-uh, uh, it's just me and you today. It's just me and you. I just I'm talking to you. Love talking sports with you. But there was a a a coach that got out there spouting off at the mouth. Can't stand the man no way. He's so fake. But uh, Dabo Sweeney. Oh, dab on him. He gets out there, and, and he's got his chest all poked out, talking about, well, um, uh, yeah, we're glad to see the Big Ten back in the fold. Um, there's some really, really good teams up there, and, and it looks like, you know, I would have been a little skeptical had they started in November, but but since they're starting, you know, you know they, they're starting there, and, and uh, yeah, I, I'm okay. Well, I'll shut the hell up. Shut up, that Dabo Swinney, you're lying. The last thing on earth you wanted to see happen was the Big Ten return to college football. And there's a very simple reason why. A very simple reason why. Y'all remember last year? Y'all remember all the, all the years before, the last five years that Clemson has been in the, the, the college football playoff? Y'all noticed that, that halfway through the season we would always get into these discussions, these spirited debates on just how good Clemson is in, in comparison uh, to other teams and their strength of schedule, by and large, the Big Ten and the SEC, with no Big Ten, with no Ohio State, with no Penn State, with no one that could potentially upset the, the Eastern Division and come out of the West like uh, uh, Iowa or Wisconsin, then Dabo Swinney is assured a college football playoff spot whether he loses one game, two games, three games. Who else are they going to put ahead of Clemson with no Big Ten in there? You can't put three Big Ten uh, SEC schools in there. You can't put three Big 12 schools in there. And there's only one good ACC school. We also know this. Clemson makes its hay early in the year with non-conference games. They play one good non-conference opponent, get that win, and then slowly drop from one to two to two to three to three to four to four to five during the conference schedule. Why is that? Because they don't play no damn body. While Ohio State is playing Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State and Wisconsin playing all these ranked teams. Penn State is ranked in the top 10 this year. Michigan's ranked in the top 20 this year. They will be moving up if you're Michigan. Can you imagine this scenario? Michigan goes into Columbus and beats Ohio State on a last second field goal. And it's Ohio State's only loss. And the the best win that Clemson has on their resume is against a a six and four Florida State team. Can you hear the cries from Big Ten Nation that Michigan and Ohio State should be in that college football playoff over Clemson? 
It's no coincidence that Clemson always drops in the polls without losing during conference play. I ain't making this stuff up. <laughs> they always lose ground in the college football playoff race during conference season because the ACC sucks. You know that and I know that. Dabo ain't trying to see Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State back in the running. And that's not even counting the SEC schools who would have a gripe to make if you're Georgia and you lose to Alabama in the, the, the SEC championship game. Oh, you're getting that other spot. And if Michigan and Ohio State only come away with, with one loss between those two, oh, this could be terrible, Dabo. <laughs> oh, this could be terrible. <laughs> Talking about he happy they back in the tournament. Stop lying. You are lying. My goodness. Go blue, damn it. We are back in the building. So now y'all got to put up with me, Michigan, Mike, and Tasha all fall. We're going to give you a month heads up notice. Oh, and you got to deal with Nick Torresley famous because, damn, his team actually is a contender. We back. The Big Ten bullies are back. We about to be trolling, and I can't wait. I can not wait. <laughs> Woo! Uh, coming up next, we're going to take a trip around the leagues and get you all caught up on what's going on elsewhere in the world of sports. And we'll do that after a little throwback Nas and Genuine. This is the extra point. Come on. With it, every continent love when I spit it. Corners the blocks, even the cops feel it. Brothers on lockdown, on the cop feel it. It's real in the field, the last Mohican who survived in the streets and did something decent. Now I got plans to buy the whole hood. Legit now, I ain't got a lot of no judge. I make hits now, money I flip now. Hood fella, every honey wanna kiss now. I lit up my neck, pinky and wrist now. So girls everywhere, this how we get down. Pay me back when you shake it again. Play the win. 
feeling real hot, my song should do some I flow, I'm so mysterious Nas and Nasty's the alias Everything platinum, I glow Cadillac trucks pulling up to the dough On top, out the car, lounge at the bar We spin a thou, we wow, look how rowdy we are I feel like a million dollars, feel me holler To the max with the bins and chrome wheel and polish Thugs and renters, to the players and ballers Sexy mamas, fly ladies looking proper Look good enough to be taking shopping Earrings, bracelets, now you rocking Your body's so nice that I give you this option Let you wear my big chain if we get it poppin' Point show. Your host, Mr. P.O. Coulter, back in the building. We're on Facebook Live right now. My man Marcus Stone told me to quit cheating the people and jump on Facebook Live because that's the liveest hour on radio. <laughs> but what Marcus said, he want a free ticket. Hustle, you don't need no free ticket. I think I got my shirt in the mail today, too. Can't wait to get home to check that out. Now, before we get into to hour number two and the stuff that's really going to make me just go off, you don't want to miss the top of hour number two, we're going we're gonna to do a, a, how we always do during football season, and I so miss this. When you hear those piano keys, you know it's time to go around the leagues. We're going to start in the NHL. Congrats to the Dallas Stars for reaching the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in 20 years. Now I have to go through their roster to find out who the opponents are that they're playing. <laughs> to find out who the Dallas people going to hate if they lose. <laughs> you know Dallas fans take it personal when they lose a championship match. <laughs> they still ain't got over D-Wade. In other Dallas news in Major League Baseball, um, MLB announced this week that Globe Life Field will be the host bubble site for this year's World Series. 
Congrats to the city of Arlington. Exciting news for the local fan base. Even if the Rangers will be watching from home along with us. Shouts out to Arlington for getting that done. Uh, that should be exciting having the World Series right across the street. In um, the NCAA, this should uh, get Marcus fired up in his I told you so voice. Three games involving ranked teams are being postponed this weekend amid concerns over an increase in COVID cases. 16th ranked Memphis has postponed their game against Houston. 20th ranked Virginia Tech has postponed their game against in-state rival Virginia. And 22nd ranked Army will postpone their home game against 16th ranked BYU. Worth reminding the people that the Big Ten's eight-game schedule has no room for postponements if they want to finish before the December 20th college football playoff announcement. Um, Shouts out to Duke. Um, Okay, I got you. Thanks, man. Um, So, with that being said, Remember what we talked about in the uh, the last break. The Big Ten is cutting is really close. The Big Ten championship game is on December 19th. I mean, you have to be done by December 19th in order to qualify for the December 20th playoff um, poll. So we'll see how that works out. Now, all you fantasy football players out there, um, I got a laundry list of injury news that you can use, starting with New Orleans. Saints receiver Michael Thomas suffered a high ankle sprain in last week's opener against Tampa Bay. Thomas led the league in receptions last season, and he initially stated that he would play through it, but the Saints are going to proceed with caution. Shouts out to Kenny, man. Shouts out to everybody out there. Um, Chilling. Thanks, Duke. Now, anybody else out there like me that drafted Michael Thomas with their number one pick, just throw the whole team away, damn it. <laughs> it's a wrap for me on that league. All right, in Dallas, tight end Blake Jarwin is lost for the season with a torn ACL, ending what would have been his first crack at the starting job with Jason Witten now playing in Las Vegas. I have no clue who the backup tight end is for Dallas. Uh, somebody holler at me, but if you drafted Blake Jarwin, like I did, he's done for the year two. That team is trash. Um, in New York, running back Le'Veon Bell will miss time with that hamstring injury. The 132-year-old Frank Gore is slated to start in his absence this week against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I don't know about Frank Gore in a spot play against the 49ers. That still looks like a tough go of it. I, I wouldn't trust that one. Um, I wouldn't trust that one at all. Um, moving on. Speaking of the, the 49ers. Future Hall of Fame corner Richard Sherman has been placed on IR with a leg injury and will be out a minimum of three weeks. Also decimated at wide receiver, the 49ers signed Mohamed Sanu this week. He was released by the Patriots in the offseason. Now, if you were were um, if, if you were released by the Patriots, who had the worst receiving core in the league last year, I'm not sure that you're going to be worthy of my fantasy pickup uh, for San Francisco this week. Just my thoughts. Uh, in Denver, running back Philip Philip Lindsay suffered a toe a turf toe injury on Monday night against the Tennessee Titans, and his static this week is in doubt. That gives a bump in value to Melvin Gordon owners, and um, he actually scored a touchdown on Monday night and, and got a little bit involved in the passing game. So shouts out to Melvin Gordon owners. You may get an uptick in production from him, as will um, people who own a rookie Jonathan Taylor. 
uh, because running back Marlon Mack is done for the season after suffering an Achilles injury in last week's opener against Jacksonville. Um, also, I think his name is Hakeem Nans. Um, he had a, a, a big uh, day as well. Thanks. Thank you, Duke. Um, in Cincinnati, tight end C.J. Ozuma was carted off the field and ruled out of Thursday's 35-30 loss to the Cleveland Browns with the right Achilles injury. Um, he's going to be done. You know, when you get an Achilles injury, you're pretty much done. Um, he went down after he caught a five-yard pass from rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, and um, he's going to be done. Now, there was a backup that was in there the other day that um, – Let's see. What was his name? Drew Sample. So if you're on your fantasy wire and you're and you're down a tight end, this guy Drew Sample may be a one week spot replacement um, for you to get through next week. And last but not least, um, four time Pro Bowl center Mike Pouncey has been placed on injured reserve and will soon undergo hip surgery that will keep him out the remainder of the 2020 season. Mike Pouncey, it might be time to retire, bro. This dude missed 11 games last year with a with a different injury and. He's getting to about that age to where you're starting to think, is it worth it to go through all of the the, uh, the grind of a rehab just to get back, excuse me, on the field? All right, so that gets us through our news around the league. Now, we're going to go and pay a couple of bills here at FBRN.us because you see these lights are very bright. We like to keep them bright, and we do that with our beloved sponsors. So we're going to go take a little quick break. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to come back at the top of the hour, and I'm telling you right now. If you are if you a Clippers fan, log out now. <laughs> if you a Clipp no, don't log off. I need you to stick around for a minute. If you a Clippers fan, I need you to stick around. Hang in there with your boy. <laughs> it's about to get ugly as we talk NBA at the top of the hour. See you then. Hey, this is Sideshow 12 and Mongo, host of the 99% Radio Network, broadcasting live each week on Wednesday, starting at 3 p.m. from the Fishbowl Radio Network Studios at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Log on to hear the show about all things 99% motorcycling, veterans, and making a difference in your community. Be sure to log on each week on Wednesday at 3 p.m. to catch the 99% Radio Network on FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in. This month marks the 11th year anniversary for the most listened to internet radio network of its kind in the world, Fishbowl Radio Network. And we could not have done it without you, the listener. Find your favorite shows and keep listening each week. And we thank you for jumping in and making us number one. Here's to another great year of music, ministry, sport, talk, and entertainment. On September 11th, 2001, nearly 3,000 Americans lost their lives including hundreds of first responders who stepped up when our country needed them the most. We're seeing that same bravery from our frontline workers who risked their lives battling an invisible enemy. The sense of unity displayed in the days following 9-11 and during our current crisis exemplifies the strength of our national character and inspires us to honor the legacy of those lost as well as those who still lead the charge. Hello, we are It's About the Kids Incorporated. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that operates out of Dallas, Texas. Our mission is to focus on the kids of today who will become the youth of tomorrow and the adult of the future. Today, tomorrow, the future. Empowering the community one family at a time. You can reach us at all social media platforms at It's About the Kids or online at www.itsaboutthekids.org. Where we mentor a child, save a life. 
Ladies, I'm excited to tell you about a new resource that features universal life advice. Ladies Life Guide is here for women who are working to reach all their life goals while continuing to find their own strength and voice. Log on to ladieslifeguide.com for inspirational articles and to follow all social media outlets for weekly posts full of value and insight. Also, check out the boutique featuring LLG positive quotes on fun clothing for the entire family, fabulous everyday accessories, and lovely home goods to own with positive pride. Stay tuned for the upcoming premiere of the Ladies Life Guide weekly podcast produced by our own fishbowl team. Right now, we all might feel a little disconnected. For seniors living alone with smaller social circles, feelings of loneliness and isolation can feel overwhelming. But there's something we can all do to help. Connect with your older loved one virtually and have the conversation of a lifetime with StoryCorps Connect. Anyone can conduct an interview, and every interview will be archived at the Library of Congress, becoming part of American history. Connect, honor, share at StoryCorpsConnect.org slash AARP. A message from AARP, StoryCorps, and the Ad Council. Fishbowl Radio Network. Your voice matters. Jump in. Take a look around, but you, at least you got friends. I call my old lady. 
extra extra you can read all about it but let my boy pl tell you about it extra point yeah yeah extra point extra point yeah yeah extra point welcome 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 to our number two of the extra point show your host mr pl Coulter. Getting you to your lunch break as I do each and every Friday from 10 to 12. That's a.m. to p.m. Coming to you live from beautiful Arlington, Texas here at Globe Life Park. Across the street from the home-to-be World Series over at Globe Life Field. Right around the corner from the Jerry Dome. Oh, we're going to get into all of that in hour number two. Glad to be here on the Facebook Live side of things. Glad to be here with my Facebook Live peeps. I call y'all my goons because y'all don't take it easy on a brother. I'll be walking out of here stressed and sweating because they don't they don't give me no passes on the Facebook Live side of things. I, I always brag on y'all as being the most knowledgeable sports fan base in all of radio. And each week y'all prove me right, even if it means digging off in my stuff. Because <laughs> I got to talk Cowboys today. I got to face y'all. <laughs> I got a face, y'all. So here we go. NBA action. Let me look at the camera when I say this. And then there was four. Four teams remaining in the bubble. The Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and... The, there, there's one recurring theme that I see with all of the teams left in the bubble. Mental toughness. It seems like the, the, the teams that have displayed the most mental toughness over the course of the, the weeks that we've seen in the bubble, those are the last teams standing, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Let's take a, one, one at a time. Like, like Boston, they're, they're, they, are, they are the epitome of, of a Bostonian. Tough, bare knuckles. Uh, they prop themselves on defense. They've had a top defense ever since Brad Stevens, head coach, has been there. They're led by leaders like Marcus Smart, who will fist fight you, who will store in furniture and cussing out his teammates after last night's um, loss. Um, Michael Hasso with his prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna let that uh, loose here, and that's not a ha 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 either. I'm gonna uh, let that loose here in just a minute and tell the people what your prediction is live on the air. Um, but the, the mentally tough, now, when we look at the Miami Heat, do you realize that the Miami Heat are now 10-1 and one in the bubble, in the playoffs? 10-1. and one, And they're up 2-0 over the Boston Celtics after overcoming a 14-point deficit in Game 1 and a 15-point deficit in Game 2. This is the cockroach you can't spray raid on. You can't stomp this cockroach out. You can't like try to pour water on it. You can't even crack the door and try to let it walk out on its own. Like, this, like, and, and by no means am I calling the the Miami Heat players cockroaches. Literally, I'm just saying that just when you think that you have them dead, they pull one of these on you. <laughs> you ever thought you killed a bug and you get close enough to try to like sweep it up and it starts like moving? <laughs> you know, you jump every time they do that. Um, so. That's what the Miami Heat do. Just when you think you have them dead, they come pop up like the Undertaker in WrestleMania, um, and and they just get it done. Jimmy Buckets. I'm going to start calling him Jimmy Toughness. Jimmy Toughness. Now, 
Now, I'm not into stereotypes and things of that nature, but when you see a brother walk out on the court with his hair like that, look like it ain't been combed around nary edge, not nary temple. For but I'm just saying now, now Angelo, now come on now, you're an actor. You've had to play many different roles. If you've seen a man that looks like Jimmy Buckets come in to order a hamburger from your Wendy's line, are you gonna try to forget his extra pickles? It looked like he'll put them things on you. <laughs> Jimmy got his whole team playing like that. Gordon Dragic, uh, when did he become all world again? Duncan Robinson wasn't even a starter on that Michigan uh, team that went to the uh, to the the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight and the Final Four. He's an absolute sniper. Tyler Hero, he wasn't that great at, at Kentucky. He's an absolute sniper. You got James, uh, I mean uh, uh, Crowder. That's bounced around from team to team to team to team to team. He's a sniper with them. Uh, Bam Adebayo, the block scene around the world in game one that preserved the game one victory. Uh, his first uh, all-star, like, this team plays tough. A tough team. Now, I love me a good tough team. Ain't nothing wrong with a good tough team. And they got Boston down 2-0. Does anybody want to put some money down on Boston right now? Uh, on FBRN.us, Facebook Live, anybody Anybody want to put some money down on Boston? Because Jimmy don't look like the type that'll that'll get up 2-0 on you and give you life to get back into into the into the the the, the tournament. I don't see that. Now, uh, the, the Angelo said, "Yes, would you like a jar of pickles with your order, sir?" <laughs> right, we're gonna give him the whole Costco tub. Oh, you want extra pickles, Jimmy? <laughs> the, Jimmy don't play like that. The, nah, homie, that dog don't hunt. My, ba, okay, Michael, you taking Boston, Mike? Okay, so Marcus Stone says, man, you know it's the Jimmy culture. Uh, when they got Iggy looking, they they do. They even got clean cut Iggy. Remember, remember, uh, Iggy with Golden State, all clean cut, clean shaved. Look at him now down there with Miami. Look at him down there. Look, got him looking like Anthony Hamilton around the cheekbones. For y'all non-R&B people out there, y'all need to Google who Anthony Hamilton is. Um, you don't think Boston has that inner dog in them, Mike? I, I think that defensively, I think that, that that they did. I thought that they did. I thought that it took a lot of intestinal fortitude and toughness to knock off the defending champion Toronto Raptors in seven games the way that they did. Um, now, they did kind of let Toronto back into it, but it's hard to kill a, off a, a defending champion. The, it's hard to knock out a, a champion. That, that championship pride is something. Um, but I don't think that that they're tough enough to to claw back from uh, uh, from Jimmy them. And when I say straight up killer, I'm, I, I mean that in in with the highest form of regard and, and compliments that I can give. And, and and Marcus said it right. The the word that he used right there is the word that I want to hone in on right now. Culture. Culture. When you when your best player. <laughs> he said Anthony Hamilton and American Gangster. Shout out to Rick. <laughs> um, stick around. We're gonna talk Cowboys next segment. Um, but when you have a player that chose Miami out, that could have went and signed with Kawhi, that could have went and signed with all these other, he chose Miami. He was the only star there, and he has that Pat Riley DNA in him, that New York Knicks coach in the '90s DNA in him, and he's got, like I said, he's got players like. Um, Gordon Dragic and and um, Duncan Robinson playing like thugs, 
And when I mean thugs, I mean thug mentality. They're not a dirty team. They're not being dirty like the Clippers were in, in uh, their open round series against the Mavs. They're just playing super physical. Now, Boston does have that finesse in their game, uh, uh, Marcus, and I thought that that would be the difference in this series. Uh, were tilted in their scale because they can be versatile. They can get up and down the court, or they can lock you down in a half-court game. I thought that that would be the difference because I only really see Miami winning, forcing turnovers, and, and kicking it into transition. But no, Miami is winning all kinds of ways. They're winning in the half-court. They won in the half-court against uh, Giannis and them. They, they, they're, they just smoked Indiana in the open court. They're hitting threes at a phenomenal rate. Um, they're fearless. They're tough. The When they were down 15 in the second quarter yesterday, they jumped into a zone. You don't expect to see a Jimmy Butler team jump into a zone. They seem like, hey, man up, get your man, and let's play great uh, weak side help defense. No, they went into a zone and completely befuddled Boston. I'm very, very impressed with Eric Spolster and the job that he's done. But I think this is more on Jimmy Butler. Now, speaking of, of mental toughness, I need somebody out there, anybody out here in Facebook uh, Live Land, and, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Shouts out to Kenny Man, shouts out to Marcus, shouts out to Rick, shouts out to Von Division, shouts out to Michael Hasso, shouts out to my sister Steph, shouts out to my moms, everybody, uh, Angelo. I need y'all, somebody need to tell me. Shouts out to to, um, uh, to Imperial Mix DJ. It's coming on at 1 o'clock Central Time. Make sure you tune in for his show. I need one of y'all out there to answer this question for me. What the hell happened to the to the Clippers? What happened to the, what happened to the, to the, he charged $20 for coffee. <laughs> y'all, somebody, what happened to the Clippers? I'm going to give y'all three options on who to blame for that epic 3-1 collapse at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. Are we blaming Kawhi Leonard? Are we blaming Paul George? Or are we blaming Doc Rivers? I need y'all to sound off for me. And, and, and while we, we sign, we sign off on that, shouts out to, to Deontay Williams. Who, whose fault is it? For blowing a 3-1 lead. You tell me. Is it Doc Rivers? Is it Kawhi? Or is it Paul George? Playoff P turn pandemic P. Now, now it's the time for you to, to, to host your own segment. I'm going to read your, your thoughts live on the air. Then I'll give you my thoughts. Now, Rick, uh, he says, Clippers are the Clippers, bro. They are allergic to Western Conference. They have never been to the Western Conference Finals. That is true. But I want you to be more specific. Whose fault is it? Who are you blaming? Navanda says you better not say anything about Doc. Now, Michigan Mike told me that nobody has more 3-1 blown leads in, in NBA history than Doc Rivers, that he's got six. Where he <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doc. Oh, oh, oh. See, Kenny said he blaming all three of them. I'm not letting y'all off that easy. Now, Michael Hasso says Paul George naturally choking the playoffs, Doc Rivers. So he's going with Doc Rivers. Sorry, Vonda. He's going with Doc Rivers. He says that coach loves to choke. Martree says Miles said both Paul George and Kawhi. Now, that's my godson, Easy. So it's no, it's no surprise that we're thinking alike on this. Kenny Man says all three. Vonda's still caping for Doc. Um, Marcus is defending Doc. He says Doc can't play the game for them. So, so who do you blame, Marcus? Uh, FBRN.us, who do you blame? Because I got my eye on one person that seems to be escaping criticism yet again, and I'm not letting that happen on my watch in here today. I'm just not letting that happen. Because uh, Captain Corn Rolls, Mr. Braidback in the Cadillac, remember that?
I didn't mean to rhyme all that. <laughs> I really didn't. But Mr. But my mama said it's Doc's fault. Mama. Mama on Doc? You you putting it on Doc? My mama putting it on Doc. Ricky putting it on Doc. Mike putting it on Doc. PG is not efficient and the claw is top. Y'all. See, that's why I saved this segment for Facebook Live. Cause see, y'all got my blood pressure up again. Now I need another sip of coffee, and we getting into the to the early part of the afternoon, ain't we? Um, y'all, I'm not letting y'all let Kawhi off the hook like this. Now, yes, Doc Rivers, he is synonymous now with blowing leads. He that's what he does. He blows leads. He, his teams, for some reason, don't have a killer instinct. Maybe he's too nice of a guy. Um, Paul George went from playoff P to pandemic P. And, uh, and, and like, what did you expect from him? What do you expect from, from, from Paul George? The man hit the side of the, of the backboard. I can shoot a three right now, and I'm not going to hit the side of the backboard. Now, um, Marcus says the claw is tired. Michael says, I read the numbers, and it can be a, a coincidence losing. Okay, so he says it can't be a coincidence losing 3-1 lead six times. No, it's not. Now, Marcus says he's putting it on Patrick Beverly for talking like LeVar Ball. Ooh, they got him on Twitter, too. Ooh, they got him on Twitter. Shouts out to Drew Merriman and Shanika, uh, Shamika Nicole joining the fray. Shamika, whose fault is it that the uh, Clippers blew that 3-1 lead? Anybody, anybody want to tell me? Who blew that three? Who, whose fault is it? Um, because I'm a, I'm I'm letting y'all. I'm trying to see if anybody's going to agree with me before I go on my rant, and obviously not. So we're gonna have to just go and throw them things. I told y'all to uh, Facebook, awesome goons. They already fight me in the comments. But here's the here's the the true person that carries. I'm gonna give ninety nine percent of the blame to, and they did quit. And the reason why they quit. Because they don't have no leadership. And I'm not talking about Doc this time. I can't dispute those numbers. Doc did. Um, he, he did mess up. He, he, he did. Um. <laughs> My mama said, go on, take your BP pill. Because Doc is the problem. Moms is trying to put me back on the blood pressure pills, y'all. I told y'all, man, it's goonish behavior that goes on in hour number two at the extra point. Just anybody don't just come on this show and come on Facebook Live. My goons will get you. <laughs> There's some goons in the comments, y'all. I'll be having to really get prayed up on the elevator coming up to the, the on the third floor on show day. Mark is getting people all riled up in the comments. My mama told me to take some pills. Shamika, not you too, Doc. Oh no! Now look, that's enough. That's enough, damn it. Because we got to get to them boys in the next segment. This is all on Kawhi. Mister Braids to the back in the drop top Cadillac. Y'all remember on opening night this year when 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 Kawhi dropped that that New Balance commercial and he's riding around down Kawhi Lane in Los Angeles. And they show his his uh his rearview mirror, and he's got the crown dangling from the rearview mirror. The crown, as in the crown that belongs to the king, El Ray, LeBron James. You remember that commercial, Kenny? 
Y'all remember that commercial on FBRN.us? Y'all remember him trying to quietly come for the king after he spurned LeBron and decided not to go play with him, but go play for the team that plays in LeBron's basement? It's Kawhi. Kawhi thought he was doing something after he got that lucky bounce against uh, the, the 76ers in Game 7, after he won a title against Golden State minus three superstars, then he wants to go on this worldwide tour. He should have stayed in Toronto. He'd be in the, in, the, in the finals right now with a legitimate chance to repeat. But, no, he went and got the most, the most um, unclutch player that we've ever seen in the playoffs in recent memory in Paul George, pandemic P, to go join him in, with the Clippers. The, the Clippers then gave up all their first-round draft picks through 2027. Y'all want to count that up right now? It's 2020. They both have opt-out clauses next year, Kawhi and Paul George. He said, Magic messed that up. <laughs> I can't stand y'all in Facebook land. I can't stand none of you. He's blaming Magic. Y'all, I can't. Look, I'm going to turn around and look away from the screen. I can't understand how these people who are sports knowledgeable, who I would bet money on Sports Jeopardy, anybody in the comments, I would bet money that they would win on Sports Jeopardy. But they going to tell me that it ain't Kawhi's fault. When he chose this, He, they, uh, Kawhi is the tone setter. Just like Marcus Stone said about Jimmy Buckets and the culture, that he brought to Miami of tough nose, don't get your your, your your haircut, let your temples get all napped up, that, play tough nose defense like me, dive on the ball, scuff up your knees. Kawhi brought that low management mentality to the Clippers. They didn't take the regular season um, particularly uh, seriously. Him and Paul George were never playing at the same time. They out there resting and, and, and playing around. You got uh, Lemon Pepper Lou leaving the bubble. To go and and uh, and to go to a strip club, just not focused on no NBA title. Now Montrez Harrell, I will give him, um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he did leave for a funeral. But let's face it, KP and and, and uh, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavs was getting in their stuff too. Had KP not gotten hurt, that could have been a whole another another deal. It's the koalas' fault. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Lou Williams had a horrible playoff series, Marcus. But I'm just saying, this is on Kawhi. This is on Kawhi. Kawhi went. He wanted to be the the the, the low key king. Yeah, Mama, hold on. We called uh, Lou Williams Lemon Lemon Pepper Lou because he snuck out the bubble uh, to go to Atlanta to the strip club. And when he, they asked him why was he in the strip club, he said because he wanted to get some hot wings. So we call him Lemon Pepper Lou now because he left the bubble and, and went and got some hot wings at a strip club in Atlanta and, and had to be quarantined for 10 days. Um, that's true. The Kawhi has, has always been quiet, and it's a supporting cast that has always talked for him, says Marcus, which is true. But, it, but when you when you up 3-1, and you are the reason that, that that the team has mortgaged their future to uh, to sign you, and you hold up the, the the two teams, two three franchises, to make your decision. 
You got to close that out. Nobody's explaining to me how he can go, go two points in the fourth quarter, no no attempts at the free throw line, looking tired, looking dead. How are you going to be tired? You're the low managed all year. Them wings, beans, and things, Martrice. <laughs> Old Lemon Pepper Lou out there throwing up all them bricks with that strip club love. I ain't mad at that. But see, all of this goes to my, my, my overarching bigger point. There are levels to this. Where's the camera? There are levels to this. Ain't number one king. Ain't nothing but ain't but one king. If you mean to tell me the pressure of being up three one in the conference semifinals was too much to bear for for Kawhi and PG, LeBron been playing with them expectations since he was like fifteen. LBJ is our true leader. He said he the reason they didn't get swept. <laughs> With the broom emoji. Oh, he got a good phone, y'all. I don't know if I got no broom in my emojis. Um, but there's levels to this. LeBron James is clearly the king. And I just saw where Giannis just, just received MVP for the regular season. Okay. All right, we'll give that to him. Back-to-back -back MVP. Back-to-back -back sitting at home watching uh, somebody else play for the championship. But there are levels to this. Now, Doc Rivers need to be ashamed of himself. No, stop it, Marcus. Doc Rivers need to be ashamed of himself for blowing that 3-1 lead and then going into game seven saying that his team didn't need a rah-rah speech. They needed something. Oh, you know what that something was? Kawhi to show up and, and be Kawhi. Oh, Kawhi's a cyborg. Uh, Kawhi's a killer. Kawhi got the king's crown hanging from his... uh. From from his uh, review mirror, like he's David that done chopped off Goliath's head. Wait a minute, pressure bust the pipe, mama, don't it? Didn't it in bowling? My mama would psych people out on our bowling league, y'all. She'd get all cozy with them at first, and then she'd be saying little things in the background like, pressure bust the pipe right before they go bowl a big-time roll. <laughs> they go throw it off in the gutter. <laughs> My mama's like, oh, that's okay, baby. <laughs> Just just an assassin, nasty. I love it. We ain't blaming nothing on the rain. But I just want y'all to appreciate what LeBron James has done for the last 17 years, 16 of which have been all pro first team seasons. He's he's did it again. He's all NBA first team again this year. 16 years in a row. I need y'all to start putting some more respect on the king's name. Can we wear the crown? Now, Kobe is good. May he rest in peace. But he can't wear the crown. Y'all know number four is coming, right? <coughs> Y'all know number four is on the way, right? Y'all know that, that, that the only people who could have stood in LeBron's way was the Clippers, and they didn't want that smoke. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Angelo. AP Coulter was a monster with the mental warfare. <laughs> And we go out there and beat they butt. <laughs> Didn't we, mama? Um, but there, there's levels to this. And now, 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 LeBron, now I don't want y'all coming back in here next week talking about, uh, oh, it should be an asterisk because he didn't have to go through Kawhi. We're going to squash that today. Kawhi checked out early when he seen the king was up next on deck. He checked out early. He went on, and, and I, <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. I would like to see Jimmy versus LeBron in the finals. I would, I would, I would, I would love to see, uh, uh, 
Jimmy them in the finals. I would. That would be that would be dope. Um, but coming up next, y'all know what time it is. It's time to talk them boys and what the hell happened last Sunday night. Oh Lord, please protect my blood pressure. We're gonna get into that. Hands up After a little throwback. Big Sean and Chris Brown. The extra point. Let's go. And I'ma hit this drink up like it's my last. I'ma I'ma hit this night up like it's my last. I'ma I'ma like it's my last. I swear I'ma swear I'ma do it like I like I never had it at. Rocket Shine John Man, I just ended up on everybody guest list I'm just doing better than what everyone projected I knew that I'd be here, so if you ask me how I feel I'ma just tell you what's everything that I expected Boy, boy Hands up in the air One time for the west side, west side Let me see them hands up in the air Two times if you love good music Hands up in the air and Three times for the baddest chick in the world Who got her hands up in the air Yeah Now I'ma hit this drink up I work too hard to be ballin' on a budget Me and my people do it big out in public Cause if you don't do it big, you ain't doin' nothing I'ma hit this drink up like it's my last I'ma, I'ma hit this night up like it's my last I'ma, I'ma, like it's my last I swear, I'ma, swear, I'ma do it like I, like I never had it at Like I, like I never had it at 
And we are back to the Extra Point Show. Rocking with my folks in Facebook Live Land. My goons are doing what they do, gooning on me. That was a very, very spirited and fun debate we had on LeBron, Kawhi, and the Clippers. How many games y'all giving Denver in this one before we move on to them boys? How many games y'all giving, giving Denver? I'm going to say a gentleman's sweep. LeBron may give you game number one. LeBron may give you game number one tonight. But I'm, I'm going to need him to go and just sweep them on out of here. Just get on out of here, Denver. Y'all was pouring water bottles like champagne after you came back against uh, against the Clippers. It's like y'all just happy to be on the floor. Y'all just happy to still be in the bubble. LeBron said, we got the utmost respect for Denver, a.k.a. y'all about to get smashed on, homie. Now, speaking of smashed on, hold on. Be with me, Father. Lord, I need you. I'm doing a Dallas segment, and you know who I'm talking to in here today. Woo! The Cowboys. 0-1. Oh, and one. <laughs> oh and one after a uh being robbed of a victory last week in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California, uh dropping to on one after losing twenty to seventeen against the Rams on Sunday night football. Uh Mike McCarthy's debut did not go as expected. Um Dak Prescott's redemption tour did not go as expected. Um however however I can sit here with a straight face and say that the Dallas Cowboys were hosed with one of the worst calls since the the uh, NFC Championship game two years ago. Can I interest y'all in that? This was that was the worst call on, uh, for offensive pass interference against um, Michael Gallup late in that game. That was the worst call since the blown call in New Orleans against those same Rams. The Rams just keep getting the benefit of these pass interference calls, and I'm tired of it. You hear me? I'm tired. I'm tired, y'all. I'm sick of it. How many more calls they going to get? Because Dak Prescott put that ball on a rope. It don't be like that, mama. Dak Prescott put that ball on a rope on third and ten, dropped it right in the bread basket, had enough room on the side for a drink and some chips. Oh, and here come the flag. Here come the yellow laundry. Oh, he pushed off on Jalen Ramsey. Who's a hometown kid, Nashville, Tennessee, stand-up? That's not the point. The point is Dak did what he had to do late in that game to put Dallas in a position to win, and the Zebras took it from him. I said it. They should be 1-0 right now. Ezekiel Elliott, he had 95 yards and two touchdowns, over 100 total yards when you include the reception yards that he had. It was a very uneventful day for the wide receivers who were highly touted. But it was good to see um, Alden Smith get in the action and get a sack. Um, the defensive line played okay, although I thought that uh, Malcolm Brown had way too much room to run in that game. And I think that they did a poor job of adjusting in the first half against those quick screen passes that uh, Jared Goff was throwing. But other than that, Dallas was right there in that game and should have won that game, if not Rick, for a bad call. A horrible call. Did you hear me? Now, Rick says if Jerry had a nickel for every time the Cowboys had the worst penalty call ever, he'd have a second. <laughs> he'd have another mega yacht, huh? Marcus says seven more losses to go. I can't stand y'all. 
ain't going to be no more losses. You know what? It, it can't be no more losses. Because if they drop to 0-2 this week, it's going to be a wrap. Um, Cowboys was robbed. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not fearing that. That's okay. They got a week two matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, who were boat raised, who were destroyed, who was dominated, who was embarrassed by the Seattle uh, Seahawks in their opener at home. The only thing good about playing in the, in the Mercedes-Benz Dome in, in Atlanta, Georgia, is the fact they got $3 hot dogs. There wasn't no fans in the stands to enjoy them. So what are you really good for, Atlanta? Get out of here. Scram. Beat it. Now, Matt Ryan, who for some reason y'all still think is good, threw for over 450 yards. They had over 500 yards of offense. Had three receivers with 100 yards. Shouts out to Julio Jones for helping me win my fantasy league, though. <laughs> I won that week with Julio. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to him. Um but <laughs> My mama getting in on, on, on it. Don't blame the refs, cataracts. Mama, that was a bad call. You saw that. Th then we seen push offs before, but that wasn't a push off. He was merely just hand fighting with, with uh Jalen Ramsey and then caught that ball that Dak put right in the bread basket. And no, Atlanta ain't getting no love. But I will say this Dallas it will behoove you. As they say in the Old Testament, I beseech you. I beg you. I implore you to not go on to. Don't you even think about going on to this week to the lowly Atlanta Falcons who can play no defense. Now, am I worried about that offense with Calvin Ridley and with Julio Jones? And Yes, I am. Am I worried about Matt Ryan? Kind of. But really, if we want to think about it and be honest, all of those yards that they racked up in the second half came when Seattle took their the, the foot off the gas because they were de just destroying them. Um, now Marcus says, "Now watch that be the game that Atlanta wins." I can't, I can't. It's the Cowboys, mate. It's the Cowboys. I, I, I like I, I really can't. I, I don't even know if I can dispute that. I'm nervous early in the season, y'all. <laughs> he said, come on, Deacon PL, with the bes I beseech you. <laughs> he said, I got to end with Salah. Don't y'all do that. Don't y'all mess up my anointing today. The anointing need to be on the Cowboys. But, see, I'm not panicking because that was their first game with a new coaching staff, a new head coach, who should have, instead of trying to, to, to be big britches, he should have just went ahead and kicked that field goal late in the third quarter to tie that game. And then Dak wouldn't, needed, wouldn't have needed a, a come-from-behind uh, drive at the end. He could have just played for the tie and just went on and kicked it and, and got on up out of town. But that's okay. 0-1 is 0-1 is 0-1. The Cowboys, I will give you my official prediction to close the show when I do my, my, my picks for the week. But uh, Dallas, have you looked at your schedule? Now, I know it, it's, it's taboo to look ahead of your opponent. But next week, you have to go to Seattle. You ain't trying to go out to Seattle 0-2. Because 0-2, you can still kind of salvage your season, maybe. 0-3, oh, that's a wrap. 0-3, oh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap, bro. 0-3, oh, that's a wrap. You ain't coming back from no 0-3. Oh, and, and you expect me to sit out here and, and take jabs for y'all for 13 more weeks and y'all ain't going to the playoffs? I don't think so. So I'm going to need y'all to get it done this week. I'm going to need y'all to get it done this week. And, 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 and Cashville, stand up. Our Tennessee Titans are undefeated. And sitting atop the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we play this week. Now, 
Jackson, <laughs> now Jacksonville, y'all don't want this smoke. If there's any team that, that worries me about playing, um, it, it's Jacksonville. But before we get into that, I want to just digress back into the Monday night game. Y'all, the Titans had better won that game, keeping everybody in Nashville and the surrounding areas up to 3 o'clock in the morning to watch that foolishness. They missed three field goals and an extra point in that game and still somehow won. Oh, yes. Tighten up. The, uh, the, we said last week a change going to come, and it seems like a change is in the era. A change is in the – stop it, Shamika. <laughs> that kicker had my nerves toe up. <laughs> Y'all saw I was on a five-hour energy at 1030 at night. My whole body was jacked up for 48 hours after that. I would have been livid had I did all that for a loss. But the, the Titans came out and did what they do. Derrick Henry cranked out 125 uh, tough yards. Um, John o. Smith had a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Tannehill did just enough, didn't turn the ball over. Um, the defense uh, forced a uh, timely turnover, had a, a crucial fourth down uh, goal line stop. Uh, they kept Denver out of the end zone. Um, and they were able to overcome the, the deficit, and the kicker was able to pull himself up off the dirt and, and kick the game winner uh, in the waning seconds of that game, which which made me proud. Um, now, here's the question that I have for, for Tennessee. Can you, for once in your life, enjoy a little prosperity? Because you know we're addicted to 9-7 to and seven and 8-8, eight and eight, and the way that we always get there is by following up a big road win with a dud at home. Um. Right, right, Shamika, you're absolutely right. With the way the Titans play close, they can't afford that. That's what killed them last year. They would have been maybe 12-4 and four if not for their kicking game. And, and um, <laughs> the kicker couldn't kick hard, Cotton. Stop it. Um, that concerns me. And I think Steve Goskowski, he might be gone before it's all said and done. Um, these are the games that the Tennessee Titans love to tease us with and torment us with by losing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> by losing so I, i'm i'm like let's 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 let this let's have this team turn the corner from their success last year and not keep going back into that win one lose one win one lose one eight and eight nine and seven roller coaster ride that we've been on let's enjoy a little prosperity let's go two and oh um now michael hasso says the titans d is going to carry the next game probably because he has them in his starting lineup on fantasy you got to watch michael Although he is a Titans fan, tighten up, and I do I do like Tennessee's defenses uh, chance. I would say start them definitely against Gardner Minshew and the um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll give you that pick coming up to close the show, um, as we will do after a little throwback. A Z. Now this is for my real throwbackers right here. It's the extra point. Let's go. See, my destiny's to be forever free. And that's the sea on a hill that awaits. 
Now by the cases, ladies are all bases with dime faces Sex on the white sand beaches The same time as though this ain't promise I'm as determined as them old timers I want a villa in the Costa Rica So I can smoke my beef And enjoy how life's supposed to treat you Laid in the shades of the Everglades Finally forever paid When the finest fabric tellers ever made Me and my team, Caribbean cuisines I guess being down for so long I'm on this throne to see my dreams Me being supreme master ain't much more life for seen after But another chapter, a new way of life to adapt to Cause these streets are gassier and have you caught up in the rapture Deja vu, I could vision my killer crew more hospitable Consciously aware plus political, political So they claim every man's created equal Us as native people, find it harder for nights to sleep through But once established, we eating lovely, living lavish Like the house of Versailles, Paris, I gotta have this It's so plush, just to visualize it's like a coke rush Vivid enough to make living this a must And we are back to the Extra Point Show. Now, we're about to close this thing out with PL's Top 10 Power Poll. It's PL's Power Poll. And then we're going to get into my picks for the week. I'll call it the picks you need to feed your seed. Um, And Tracy makes a great point. Henry shouldn't be expected to carry the load. Too many weapons, that's right. 31 carries in week one is unacceptable without a full offseason. They're going to fool around and mess up that man's hamstrings or something like that. Um, DJ hit him up. Oh, the guest mix on October the 2nd. Come on down. Make sure y'all are here for that. Oh, that's going to be a great show. Um, We're going to have a live DJ in here mixing it up. My boy, hit him up. Yay, man. You know when you come here, you got to get in front of these goons, man. So uh, stay up and get prayed up because they don't play in the comment section. <laughs> Be ready, bro, and come wearing your 49ers gear. Y'all ain't that bad. Come on, man. It's just one loss. All right, let's get to it. My PL Power Poll for this week. Number one, the reigning defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Number two. The Baltimore Ravens. Um, he said I'm gonna be hung up. <laughs> Number three, the New Orleans Saints. Number four, the Seattle Seahawks. Number five, the Green Bay Packers. Number six, them Tennessee Titans. Number seven, right? You better not be. Oh, he ain't never scared though, y'all, for real. Me and him been doing sports debate shows for the last ten years at our old job. We was doing first take before skipping Shannon. <laughs> Number seven, the Buffalo Bills. Number eight, the Arizona Cardinals. Number nine, the New England Patriots. And coming in at number 10 in week one power poll is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now let's move on to some picks for this week so we get you on your way. We have the Giants um, are a five and a half point underdog at the Bears this week. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears for the surprising 2-0 start with the points on that. The Falcons at the Cowboys. Dallas is a four-point home favorite. Take the Cowboys and the points. They get it done against them dirty birds. Um, the Lions are a six-and-a-half-point underdog to the Green Bay Packers, who are playing at home for the first time this year. 
Packers get it done and cover the spread. The Tennessee Titans are seven and a half point home favorite to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I've known they've blown the Jaguars out the last couple of times at home. However, that number scares me. If I'm in Vegas, I'm taking the Jaguars with the points. But the uh, the Titans are still going to win that game head up. I say they win by seven. Um, the Vikings and the Colts, two 0-1 teams. Indianapolis is a three-point home favorite. Man, if y'all don't take the Vikings and the points, y'all crazy. We have the Buffalo Bills, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite at Miami. I like Miami and the points in that one. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, a seven-point road favorite over the Jets. This might be your lock of the week. Hit them up. Go ahead and take your team in the seven points on the road. Le'Veon Bell is their only weapon, and he's not even playing this week for the Jets. This is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly game um, for the Jets. The Rams, I want to know, they are a one-point underdog at Philadelphia. I like the Rams and the points. I'm not sold on Carson Wentz at all. Uh, Pittsburgh is a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Denver Broncos. I like the Broncos' grit and determination. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to beat them by that much. I'll take the Broncos in the points, but I'll take Pittsburgh for the win. Um, the Panthers are an eight-and-a-half-point uh, road underdog to Tampa Bay. Didn't y'all see Brady last week? Man, take the Panthers in the points. Um, the Washington Redskins versus the Cardinals. Who would guess that one of these two teams would be 2-0 to start the season? Arizona's a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. I think there's too many points. I like them to get the win, but maybe by a field goal. Take Washington with the points if you're betting. Take the Cardinals for the win if you're not. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers, uh, Kansas City, eight-and-a-half-point home. I mean, road favorite over the Chargers. Take them and the points. Um, the Ravens are seven-point favorite on the road at the Texans. Take the Ravens and the points. The Sunday night game, I can't wait to see this one. Seattle's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite against Cam Newton's New England Patriots. I'm taking Seattle in the points. Um, and in the Monday night matchup, we have Who That Nation, New Orleans Saints, as a six-point road under, uh, favorite against the Raiders. I'm going to take the Saints and the points. Now, again, make sure you catch me tomorrow along with Mr. Marcus Stone on the Unapologetic Hustle right here at FBRN.us. I'm going to be uh, behind the glass and, and uh, helping him co-host. Uh, he always has some great guests lined up. It's a great two-hour adventure for your Saturday afternoon. Um, and uh, make sure you catch us on October the 2nd when we go. DJ, hit him up. Carranza comes through and sits in the hot seat. Y'all know how that gets down for those who come through the studio. Until then, be blessed. Enjoy some football this week. And above all else, peace. <laughs> we'll see y'all. Extra, you can read all about it, but let my boy PL tell you about it. Extra point, yeah, yeah, extra point, extra point, yeah, yeah, extra point.